Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back with you. I'm Uncle Bobby B. This is the MLW Rewind. Normally, I've got my podcast life partner, George McKay, with me. He is unavailable today. That's who he is. He's unavailable today. So I've got his seed, his firstborn. I've got the many hosts. It's Cassie. She will be joining me today. Cassie, how are you? I'm good. Hi. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. And also joining us, we're just elated to have him. He is MLW's newest rookie sensation. He stands five foot 11 inches tall, weighing in at 240 pounds. He is a member of American Top Team. He is a multi-sport athlete. He is the master of the suplex. Of course, I'm talking about the suplex assassin, Alex Kane. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Yo, that that introduction might rival George's. It might <laughs> rival it. just a little bit. I'm gonna tell him that. Oh, him. Please now, do. Please do. He now I'm gonna I'm gonna have heat with George now. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's great to have you. And we were just chatting before. Uh, you just wrestled at PCW Ultra uh, yes. last week against the MLW Heavyweight Champion Alexander Hammerstone. How was that? Because I couldn't find any footage of it besides a couple fan clips. Yeah, so I think it should be. Hopefully, it's up in like a week or so. Um, it was a really uh, fun and challenging match um, to be able to go like one on one with the MOW heavyweight champion and hold my own. And from what I can hear from like the PCW office, like that was that was that match was like his hardest, like his biggest challenge. So it's pretty awesome uh, to to come in and do that. No kidding. I mean, you, you've really burst on the scene, kind of similar to we saw Calvin Tankman do, and you, you've just been uh, kicking ass and taking names, just being yourself, and that, and that is Alex Kane doing whatever the f he wants to do. I'm sparing you uh, many hosts because I know you know your young ears and stuff. <laughs> Not that you don't hear it from Cover your dad. your ears, <laughs> Alex. I hear it from freaking my dad all the time. Oh, now now I'm going to have even more heat with your dad. No, 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 no heat, no heat, no heat. It needs to be normalized. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that match with with Hammerstone. Um, And and I believe uh, Joseph Samael posted a picture of just the the crowd at that PCW Mm -hmm. Ultra show. And it was packed. I think it was like Like, 800 plus or something like that. Like for an indie, that is fantastic. That that was great, and and I guess you're you're used to now competing in those sides of those sizes of crowds because MLW is is pulling in those kind of numbers at, at Philly, right? Yeah, they, I I believe they, they I believe we sell out about every time we go. The last two times we went, we sold out. Amazing, and it's just been so much fun watching you. I mean, I know you're 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 a nice guy unless someone gives you a reason not to be, and yeah, I yeah, would yeah. not want to be <laughs> on the opposite side of the ring from you. Because you were just tossing people left and right. Uh, the suplex assassin, you you really live up to the moniker. I know you've heard some comparisons to Taz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if Taz has taken notice yet, but that's still we're still on a collective mission. Yeah. That Taz needs to acknowledge you that like you're carrying the torch of, mm-hmm. of being the master of the suplex now. Um, so you've also been involved with American Top Team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I believe the many host actually has a question regarding your involvement with American Top Team. I do, actually. I do. So, why have you joined American Top Team? You're impressive on your own. I think you don't need King Mo. Uh, 
Well, Dan, uh, Dan Lambert negotiated my contract. So he essentially got me signed with MLW. So that's why I'm with American Top Team. And then also having King Mo, it's kind of like having that like really cool uncle that I've never had. So, and like, he's always giving me pointers, new ways to do things, new ways to get into things. So uh, there is definitely like, it definitely enhances my game, having King Mo there. I, I can appreciate that yeah because you know okay you've got you've got some addition you also got somebody who's who's got your back in, in in case of you know something something going down like like say somebody were to to sneakily attack you now i know we've had some uh discussion or you you've had some discussions with calvin tankman there's been some some friction you've been trying to recruit calvin tankman to the cause calvin has been resistant and it, it culminated on fusion this week with mm-hmm. uh, an altercation so many hosts how did you feel about that altercation on fusion this week okay so attacking calvin was a chance to take his spot in the opera cup as you're uh, as you're an alternate don't you think there will be payback uh i mean there may be payback it will be i mean though calvin's a beast he's a lar- very large individual it's not going to be in the best of his, his best interest to retaliate. Um, we told him that he needs to do the right thing. He decided not to because he feels like he doesn't need us, but he definitely does. And we just had to give him a little taste of why he needs us because uh, it's better for him to be on our side than be our enemy. Okay, yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that either. I mean, Calvin Tangman's a tremendous talent. There's no doubt about it. But the combined forces of Calvin Tankman and Alex Kane and King Mo would truly be a force to be reckoned with an MLW. And it would now put you in a position where, where you have someone on your side, where if the, you know, the uh, Contras of the world or any of the other number of factions were to want to, uh, you know, be a little violent with you and, and mm-hmm. maybe catch you unawares, you've got somebody who's got your back. So I, I personally think Calvin should really reconsider his decision. And I think you gave him you gave him a good uh, maybe reminder of why he should. A nice wake up call. Yeah, yeah a wake up call. Like that, that's that's not how I want to get woken up. But that that's definitely that'll wake you up. Yeah. I mean, I, we were trying to figure out what you, you may or may not have have had something we couldn't really see. But it, it looked like something that was possibly pointy uh (laughs) unconfirmed reports but we know calvin needed some medical attention after uh so if calvin is unable to compete you will take his spot in the opera cup against tjp i believe it would be yes so how would you be feeling against facing a much smaller but also a highly technically skilled opponent like tjp like he's he's very sneaky he can weasel Mm -hmm. his way out of a lot of things how would you approach that kind of matchup Oh, well, having my wrestling background, my amateur wrestling background, um, I, I feel like I could fare pretty well getting around his technical abilities. Um, and I would as quickly as possible, try to uh, definitely do some suplex damage to him to like really slow his role, just so I could torture him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Put a little, put a little pain in the back. All of a sudden he's wobbly. (laughs) He can't Mm -hmm. get around. And then that's it. It's TJP, you know, one, two, three. A suplex and he's done yep right yep. and and you know so that that opera cup that's going on what what does that i mean i think the many host even kind of wants to ask about the opera cup yeah yeah i do actually okay so 
what does the what does winning the opera cup mean to you uh to come in and win the opera cup this early uh it would definitely be amazing it would definitely put me up there with some of the best uh like uh tom lawler or whatever and winning the opera cup for tom lawler did wonders for his time in mlw uh so to do that um to have that shot I think it would be awesome. I think it'd definitely be awesome. Well, even if it doesn't happen for you at the Opera Cup, uh, there's no doubt there's big things in your future. Like you're, I I believe you're only 27. No, just turned 28. Just turned 28. Happy belated. Thank you. You've got got lots of years ahead of you. You Mm -hmm. are really making waves. Like I, I, no joke. I believe I've brought your name up probably a half dozen times this week and not even related to the fact that we were going to have this conversation because we were just talking about wrestlers and, and who's mm-hmm. going and, and I'm always pushing MLW because it's like a hidden gem of wrestling right now. And it yeah. really needs to not be, it really needs to be more, more mainstream. And I'm telling people like, it's on YouTube. You got to check it out. But I, I've just been bringing you up. Cause I'm like, you guys really got to watch Alex Kane. Like this guy is so good. And he, I think, I think you were wrestling for what, two years. Before uh, you got signed, yeah, two years before I got signed, yes, two years like before that, I got signed. That's unreal. I I know guys who've been on the indies for for you know ten years and they're they're still trying to get signed. So unquestionable, you've got a lot of talent. And I don't like asking people where do you think you're going to go because I'm more of a let's just watch and enjoy the ride mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you know there there's there's always a craving for gold with mm-hmm. professional wrestlers. So, you know, if you're if you're looking at gold right now, are you looking more towards Alexander Hammerstone and the world title or are you looking more towards the open weight title? Uh, well, actually, uh, War Chamber, I'm in a I'm in a ladder match. It's me, Alex Shelley, Myron Reed, Zenshi and some wild card. I don't know who this wild card is going to be, but it doesn't really matter it's for the national open weight title. And right. I plan on winning that match. Um and I may sit on the I might sit on, sit on the national open weight title for a little bit or whatever, just so Hammer can get acquainted with his with his championship. And as soon as I can, I'm gonna swoop in and uh, take that from him. Let him get comfortable. <laughs> Let him get a little comfortable. Establish your dominance, just like Hammerstone did. Mm-hmm. He made it, he made it so that they couldn't ignore him anymore. He had to get that shot, and he got himself in the position where he did. Uh, well. There's a lot of great wrestlers in that match. Personally, I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of, of Zenshi, uh, but I will definitely be be uh, cheering for you because I think you really deserve yes. uh, some gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many hosts, you're on board with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're 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 pretty team Alex Kane, and I, I mean George George is more of a, a nice guy. Me, I, mm-hmm. I, I I like the badasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're a badass, and and I think that's just kind of an extension of your your own personality. Yeah. Like you're a nice guy, but you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a code. I have a code, and I try to stick to that code. I, I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna del- go out of my way to put my hands on somebody who doesn't need me to put them, put my hands on them. But if you cross me, I'm gonna mess you up. Hey, that's pretty reasonable, I think. Right? You're not out <laughs> I, looking I, for I'd trouble, say. but if somebody starts it, you, you're you're there. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's that's uh, something people need to be wary of when they're wrestling you or even just talking to you, cutting a promo on you. Like if you're, you're taking a risk when you do something like that. Most definitely. And I mean, we, we know you've been trained by AR Fox. Uh, can you talk a little bit just about like your journey through the two years prior to getting signed with MLW? 
Um, I think my first my first year in the business, uh, I mean, a lot of that was just like trying to like learn as much as I possibly can and try to like figure out like my own. Like I've always known that I wanted to incorporate my amateur background in it. Um, and also like my time in my and other like uh, physical contact sports. Um, but like I'm I'm really thankful to have chosen the A4 as my tra- training school because Fox has literally wrestled everybody like on the independence, everybody that's on TV. Um, and like, he has just like so much knowledge and like, um, so to have that uh, is, was definitely a blessing. And then also like a lot of guys, a lot of people think that like Fox like only teaches us how to like wrestle, like his style, whatever that is. Um, Cause he's, he's Fox is a, kind of a hybrid. He can kind of do a li- little bit of everything. Um, but Fox was adamant about like, making sure that like I found like found the style that I wanted to wrestle um and he would always give me ideas he'd always tell me to watch certain people some people that he wrestled or whatever just to pick up little things here and there um I think the second year I was in like I started to like start like really like pick up like psychology um where to put things how to do things um and then like the pandemic hit and like wrestling was shut down and like for like in the back of my head, I was always like, when I start my wrestling career, something crazy is gonna happen. Like before I started, it's all it's all in the back of my mind. Something crazy is gonna happen. Um, and the pandemic hit, but like I think for a lot of people, it may have messed them up. But for me personally, I kind of like it kind of like strapped a rocket to my back, and like I think that's really what like helped my ascension because I didn't expect to be where I am as quickly as I've gotten here. Yeah. And like I said, most, most wrestlers don't get there as quickly as you've gotten there. So you, you've put in the work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's clear you're put, I, you posted a picture uh, not too long ago and it was like a, I think it was two years prior or three mm-hmm. years prior. And I was looking at, and I'm looking at your legs and I go, how many squats did this man do in the last two years? Cause his legs like doubled in size. <laughs> like it's, it's unreal. And you're, you're, I really like that you talked about how AR Fox just has sometimes giving you guys that advice because a lot of people maybe have the misunderstanding that wrestling is learning just the physical side of how to do things and not all the other stuff that goes along with it. And sometimes it's knowing when to do things and when not to do things and when to pause and when to, when to nod and when to, Mm -hmm. you know, break somebody over your knee and when, and when not to, when to play possum, when, you know, all that, all those little things that that come in. So uh, it's great to hear that, that you've had uh, such quality mentorship in your, in your journey. Like Fox is a huge proponent of, and like, I've heard like a lot of like, of the, uh, I guess like veteran talent say like the moves don't matter. And to, in a, to a grand extent, to an extent they don't. Um, And like, unless like your gimmick is like my my whole character is centered around throwing people um but um with people thinking that oh i gotta do this really cool move or i gotta do this crazy spot or whatever like those things aren't the things that stick out it's the it's those little things the little things will get take you way farther than doing the crazy spot or the big crazy move like can you can when you walk out onto that stage, can you can you command the crowd to pay attention to you? Um, 
do you know who you are? Because a lot of guys don't know who they are. They just do moves, but they don't know who their character is. And I and I always tell like the younger guys, the A4, like those things come with time. Um, but like one of the thing, one of the things that really stuck with me, um, Theory told me, Austin Theory, he told me like I think it was like my my second year or going into my second year is when you're trying to put together your persona, you don't necessarily want to put together something that uh, you think that everybody else is going to like or whatever, because people are fickle. You have to put together something that you like, that you can get into. And if you can, if you can get into that, you can translate that to everybody watching. And once you do that, you got them. Exactly. That is, that is brilliantly put. Yeah. And it's you, you, they always say the best the best characters are just basically an extension of yourself because mm-hmm. it comes naturally to you, and and you you can look at guys that have over the years WWF days back in the day that were just given absolutely ridiculously silly gimmicks, mm-hmm. but they still got over with some of them yep. because they bought into it and they were like, how oh, I t- look at Goldust like at first when Goldust came out we were I, I mean I was a kid and I was a different person I was like what is going on here but yeah. he he got pitching androgynous character and he was like hell yeah I'm gonna run with it mm-hmm. and that's a great example of just buying into your character and getting it over and when you're over with yourself like you said you get over with everybody else yes so that's just that's just amazing and I mean we're gonna we're gonna flip back now to to some questions uh, from the many hosts because she wanted to know about the war chamber match that's going on with team Contra and team Hammerstone. Uh, I I guess I can let her ask it. She can, she can speak for herself, I suppose. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't give me that teenage sass. (laughs) Okay. So will you be watching the war chamber match closely with team Contra and with team Hammerstone? Who do you see winning? I'm going to watch it closely because it's going to, it's going to be fun to watch both teams. I know both teams are going to self-destruct at some point. Um, and that's always fun to watch. Uh, I'm who do I think is going to win? Uh, I think, I think Contra might pull it out. I really, I think they might pull it out. They have, I think they're, they're, go, they're coming for blood at this point um, with, hammer beating fatu um they're definitely coming for blood so they have a lot more uh i guess like riding on them i mean hammer ej uh richard they all have something to prove but that might not be enough against a team that's out for blood very very interesting point i didn't even think about it that way (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, I, I just want to go back to something you were you were just talking about before about how like it's not the move necessarily, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great point because you look at the uh, Alexander Hammerstone victory at uh, oh gosh Fightland, mm-hmm. uh, sorry Fightland no which was the oh god <laughs> the Battle Royal where he Battle Riot uh, Battle Riot thank you mm-hmm. oh sorry Battle Riot. The last move that he hit Mads Kruger with before clotheslining him out was a back body drop. Yep. And I just remember sitting there going and like clapping, just going back body drop, clotheslined him over the ropes, back body drop, nothing fancy. It wasn't the move that got everything over there. It was the emotion of finally hammer got it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So that's a great point that it doesn't always have to be like a super flashy spot or something like that. It's the emotion that you've bought into that gets it. I over. think a lot of like young guys, they, they, um, 
they forget about the storytelling aspect. And like first coming in, like I didn't necessarily understand storytelling to the extent that I do now. Um, but like, if you look back at the Attitude Era, was the wrestling great? No, no, it really wasn't. Oh, whatever. The characters are over. And when I look at Triple H and, and The Rock and Michaels and Taker and all of them, even in Stone Cold also, like they had five things that they did well. If you really, if you watch the match, they had five things that they did well. And they only, they only really did those five things. They may bust something out every now and again, but those five things are what they did. They just found different transitions, uh, different ways to tell a story to get into those things. Um, and that's what I've kind of adopted. Um, yes, I know 100 suplexes, but I'm not going to use 100 suplexes every match. I'm going to, depending on the situation that I'm in in that match, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find one that fits that scenario. Um, and like what I tell like a lot of younger guys is like, find, you don't have, like your moveset, is, this is not a video game. It's a video game, but not, a vi- but not completely like a video game. You don't need this huge moveset that you would have in a video game. You just need those five things, those five things you do well like perfect those things get those things over and that'll take you farther than just doing stuff to do stuff because somebody because because you get a pop off of it um i did a uh a jonathan gresham seminar a few weeks ago or oh, he's amazing ago. isn't he? he he's he's amazing i actually got to like uh matt russell with him a little bit he's really really good amazing um, for not having like a amateur background or anything like that um but he said, and it really stuck with me, a pop is not a genuine reaction. And when you really think about it, it's not. Because people will literally pop off of anything. But if you can get them invested in what you are doing, that's going to take, that's going to go a whole lot farther because now they're invested in the match and they're invested within the characters within the match. And pro, again, pro, coming back to it, pro wrestling is storytelling. It's live, it's like a live action uh it's like a live action movie or like a live action TV show. It is. It's it, it is, hundred so, percent. Like when you're watching Power Rangers, for instance, or whatever. Like the first in every episode, they they come in. Um, I believe they get beat up or whatever, and then they morph, and then they they get to come back, um, and then they get their uh, shine. They get their shine on. And then, uh, and I believe the monster, the monster ends up get growing, or something happens, something crazy happens. Um, and then the monster gets it, put, uh, cuts them off, puts them in heat, or whatever. And then they gotta like really band together for that comeback. Um, and then they do like a another cooler morphing sequence, but they end up getting into the Megazord. Megazord. And the Megazord does the comeback, and then. Nine times out of ten, the Power Rangers get the finish on on the uh, on the monster. But that's storytelling right there. Absolutely. I've actually never watched Power Rangers. Oh, what? I'm going to have beef with your dad over that. You never uh-huh. seen the Power Rangers? Okay, okay. I think I I think I saw the movie. No, you got to watch the show. Come on. Oh, <laughs> you never even saw the whole Green Ranger situation. Come oh. Okay, I. I was more into when I was like smaller. I was more into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's storytelling there too. All right, all right. yeah, absolutely. And I mean okay. that—that's something I, I kind of say. Fire Rangers, though. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay. Like, I—I I took a long hiatus of re- off of wrestling, and when I came back to it, I came back to it as more of like an adult, 
and like mm-hmm. being critical. And I would be watching everything with like a critical analytical eye. And, and yeah. then I really realized like, when did I enjoy wrestling the most? It was when I was a kid. Yep. And I would watch it because I didn't care about who's got beef in the back and who's got the time. I, I, I was invested in the storylines and the emotion and what was going on. And I didn't care about all the other stuff. It wasn't important. I just enjoyed watching wrestling. And then I started approaching it that way as an adult being mm-hmm. like, when I watch a movie, I suspend my belief. I get invested in what's going on. Like when people say wrestling is fake, I go, well, movies are fake. It's, it's scripted. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be there might be some some aspect of it that's scripted, but those guys are still out there doing those things, guys and girls and Very everyone much. else. That, like, like I've taken a bump before. It it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. You guys are out there putting yourselves on the line. So it, it's a totally unique form of art that I feel that there's really nothing like it. It's like theater. It's athletics. Mm-hmm. It's a soap opera. It's everything all kind of banded into one. Uh, that's it's one of the things I love about wrestling. There's nothing like it. Like I always, uh, I remember like as a kid, like I would argue with people all the time, oh, wrestling's this, wrestling's this. But like as an adult, when you really think about it, it's like the cat's been out of the bag for however long the cat's been out of the bag or whatever. People know what pro wrestling is at this point or whatever. We know that it's an art form, um, but it's lasted as long. And I feel like even now it's, like it goes through periods of like- It's highs it waves. And lows. It waves, yeah. but like- at the end of the day, people want to be entertained. That's that's it. Like people want to be entertained. Um, like I like some from being in wrestling. Like I kind of think like everything that we watch on television, sports wise, could possibly be a work. If you really a lot of it is. It. If you watching football, like sometimes, like you watch the Super Bowl sometimes, and you got this team, they're they're cruising along, they're just going through every every team, this that, and the third or whatever, and then they meet the team from the other conference. Um, and then they f- all of a sudden forget how to play football or whatever. And they're just getting their tails whooped until the very end of the game or whatever. And sometimes they pull it out and sometimes they don't. Um, and I feel like anything that can be done in a movie can be, can, can be worked. Whatever. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange thing. It's a strange way to look at things, but I think it makes sense. No, absolutely. I, and I totally understand what you're saying. Like it's, it's something that people kind of sometimes look down on, but then when they really, if they really take the time to look at it and realize what it is, they tend to gain more of an appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's something, like I said, it's so unique. Like nobody else does what y'all do. Right. And people like you are making it even more enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. and wrestling's coming back. It's hitting mainstream again. Yeah. Most deaf. And like, I just, the, I guess, the biggest point that I try to hit with people is like, I'm not going to go off and disrespect what you do for a living. I'm not going to go off and disrespect like what you enjoy. Um, so when people are like, Oh, but this is fake. I'm like, have you ever done it before? Like if you've never done it before, like once you do it for the first time, you'll know just how real this is, whether the, whether the outcomes are predetermined or not, none of that matters because at the end of the day, you don't know the outcome of the match until it happens. You can guess and you can speculate, but you guess and speculate with, with football, basketball, baseball. You do that with all those other things. So just because you know that it's predetermined, like 
just like I said before, I think that some football games are predetermined. I think that some base basketball games are predetermined, but you don't know the outcome until the outcome happens. So instead of disrespecting what we do, uh, with, when how we put our bodies on the line, just enjoy what's going on. Like and like get wrapped up into the stories. Exactly. Like, just, uh, that, and that's what it is. Just get wrapped up in the story. Like you watch Netflix, you watch Hulu, you watch these shows on here. These characters on these shows don't really hate each other. These stories and these, like, like the people that playing the characters don't hate each other, but the characters do or whatever. And that's what professional wrestling is. It's the characters within, my bad. You said time. <laughs> oh, is that the 10 minute warning? Oh. That's okay. We still got 10 minutes. All right. But you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that's why now when I go to a show, as soon as I step through those doors, my own little thing with myself is like, all right, Belief is now suspended. Whatever I'm watching, mm-hmm. I know a lot of these guys personally, but I'm watching them. I'm investing in their characters. I'm investing in the match. Guy might be my friend, but I'm going to boo him because that's how I'm invested in the match right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think maybe more people need to approach wrestling, even fans. Sometimes we can get a little too critical and especially negative. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't buy into that anymore. You, you, you agree with me there, Cass? Yeah. Like, why, why would I put something down? See, see, even if there's a wrestler like I'm not a personally a fan of, mm-hmm. I could spend my time putting that person down or I could spend my time like building up the people that I do like, like yourself. Yep. Right. So why would I I can spend expend negative energy or positive energy, complain about something that doesn't change anything or maybe get somebody a booking? Yeah. Why? Why be that negative person? You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of wrestling fans got to take that to heart because we're, we're too much sometimes. You got a question, mini host? Yeah. What is next for Top Team? Will you try to recruit any any, any other members after Tankman not agreeing? Definitely. Um, I would I would really like to uh, kind of create my own League of Assassins in in a sense. Um, Ooh, like that name too. Yeah, I, I, re- I really wish DC didn't already come up and <laughs> use it. Um, but yeah, I would like to fill out the team with more uh, uh, shooters, um, may- maybe some boxers, maybe some more UFC fighters, maybe some more amateur wrestlers. Just like I want to have the most dominant team in MOW. Like I, I want to build a dynasty. Uh, I mean, not no pun intended, uh, but I would like to build some something like a like a suplex dynasty at at uh, MOW. Oh. I, I Who, would, I would I love that. When I, I think the first taping that we had, I pitched to have t- Tankman, which we tried to do, but he over here playing hardball. Um, it would also be cool to have EJ and Duca uh, on, on American Top Team or whatever. He's a former professional athlete. Hell yeah. A, a, a hell of a one too. So, I mean, hopefully Tankman comes around, but to have Tankman and EJ there would be, would be top tier. And I mean, I know there, there's recently been maybe some uh, some staffing changes at MLW, but we've also seen, unfortunately, uh, a lot of potential releases or loss of exclusivity for the Ring of Honor people mm-hmm. like Jonathan Gresham, who is one of the best wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it would be interesting to see if maybe any of those ROH uh, releases might find their way to MLW and maybe find their way into the uh, the Alex Kane top team camp we don't know i would i would love to have jonathan gresham i really would let, i would love to have let, jonathan gresham i know there's already rumors he's signed but like if he hasn't court and you're listening to this 
you put Jonathan Gresham in the ring with Alex Kane, with Davey Richards, with any number of people, it'd be just an absolute banger. I, I can't say enough good things about Gresham. Uh, Cass, did you have any other questions? Um, honestly, I think I'm all good. You think you're all good? Yeah. Alex, I can't say how much I appreciate you joining us today. It's a pleasure to talk to you. You're a fantastic wrestler. I, I look forward so much to seeing what the future brings for you because uh, you're just you're just on going to be on a steady climb, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You've you got else. you got the seal of approval from the many holes. So that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up for this episode of MLW Rewind. Alex, if they want to find you on the socials, where can they get you? Twitter is Alex underscore Kane 11. Um, Instagram is the suplex assassin. Uh, my YouTube is Alex Kane. Uh, TikTok is the suplex assassin one and my merchandise is on pro which we got to get some of that happening. Some merch over yes, here yes, you do. and uh, the many hosts, where can they find you uh, on Instagram at the mini host. And if you would like to buy merch, it's at pro well, Look at this. Everybody's on pro wrestling. Tees. <laughs> well, I'm uncle Bobby B. You can find Why me on Instagram. Right <laughs> there you go. I, you can find me at the real Uncle Bobby B. You can find Cassie's merch at Pro Wrestling Tees, and you do, don't forget you're going to be listening to this through Straight Talk Wrestling. So you can find that on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere, Twitter, Straight Talk Wrestling. It's all over the place. It's a movement. <laughs> Join the movement. Again, I'm Uncle Bobby B. Thanks so much. And this is MLW Rewind. <laughs>